Hello and welcome to The Home Building Hero, where we help you become the hero of your new home by providing you all the information that you need. No matter if you're building, buying, or designing your next project, we got you covered here at The Home Building Hero. Hi, I'm your host, David Bellman, president of Bellman Homes, and I want to thank you all so very much for tuning in to The Home Building Hero today. If you haven't already, please make sure you subscribe to the podcast. It's super easy. Wherever you're listening to your podcast, just search for Home Building Hero, just three words, and hit the subscribe button, and you'll get notified when we drop a new episode. And we typically have three new episodes a week. We talk about all sorts of things from the housing market to trends to um, different uh, tips when buying and selling and building a new home or even remodeling your home. So make sure that you tune into the Home Building Hero. We got tons and tons of episodes and great content for you. Not only um, lots of episodes already recorded, but more coming along the way. So if you've tuned in prior to this and you've checked out our housing market forecast, this is the second in a two-part series. And the first part of the housing market forecast, we talked a little bit about 2019 and what occurred in the market. And that sets us up for the year 2020 and what's going to happen. So if you didn't listen to the first episode, make sure that you catch that one and hear kind of a recap on the housing market, kind of what went on. And then we're going to shift our gears into the 2020 housing market. And what we're going to do in this episode is we're going to talk about a couple of the key factors that are going to influence the market going forward. So we're going to talk a little bit about employment. We're going to talk about housing affordability. We're going to talk about housing start numbers. We're going to talk about material prices, tariffs, and we are also going to talk a little bit about interest rates and then kind of summarize everything up on the market. So that's my plan and we're sticking to it. So let's talk about the 2020 housing market and what we expect to happen. And I think it's going to be an interesting year because we have a lot of dynamics going on. You know, we have a strong economy, we have good employment numbers. But we are heading into an election cycle. And sometimes in election cycles, people hold off on those big ticket purchases. Uh, Now, I think that anyone that's interested in buying a house or looking at building a house should not be sitting on the sideline. If you're able to, you're willing and you're able to, you should be buying a house. You should not be waiting. Waiting is only going to do two things. It's going to cost you more money because pricing continues to rise pretty rapidly And the other thing is interest rates are still near historic lows. So you've got two factors working against you if you wait. So why wait? Don't. Don't wait. If you are thinking about buying, now is a good time. Don't wait on an election. It's not going to have that much of an impact on buying a house or what you're going to face. In fact, you're better off to buy it before the election rather than after, in my opinion, because you know, you've got the risk of rates going up and you, of course, will have the risk of higher prices. So, but that could affect, you know, the the election will potentially affect the market slightly. You can have a few people that are holding off because they want certainty. They're not holding off for one party versus another. They just need to know what direction the government's going. But if, you know, if you waited for the government to do anything in your life, you'd never get anything done. So (laughs) quite honestly, if you are thinking about buying a house, don't delay, buy the home that you want and get those low interest rates, get it before pricing continues to go up. The market is strong. A lot of the fundamentals in the market are in, are in good shape. So that's first, my first opinion is don't wait, 
make sure you get into the market. So as far as new builds, the biggest concern that we're seeing out on the market today right now is housing affordability. That is the number one challenge that people in our industry are facing is affordability. And of course, if it's a problem for us as an industry, it's a problem for you as a consumer as well, because affordability is really out of whack. And, you know, we, I look back and I've studied this and, you know, you look back in the 1950s, pe people could buy a brand new house for a little over twice their annual income. Nowadays, it's nearly nine and a half times your average income to buy a home. Nine and a half times. So housing has gotten a lot more expensive. So let's go over a few of the factors of why that is. First of all is employment. People are working, which is great. And we're seeing average wages go up. And wages are going up a couple percent a year, which is fine. However, the cost of homes is going up, you know, probably 9 to 10%. So if your wage is going up 3%, you're still falling behind because cost of a new home is going up almost three times that. As far as Wisconsin's concerned, unemployment is at 3.3%. Now, it has increased slightly over the year, but it's still a very low number. Nationally, unemployment is at 3.6%. So local unemployment here in Wisconsin has in increased a little bit. So there's a few more people out there looking for work than there were in the past, but it's decreased nationally. So you know, we still have a high labor participation rate in our market. Um, with more people working, that means that more are able to afford housing. So, you know, overall, that's a good thing that should help continue to drive that existing housing market. However, the other thing with uh, employment, and this really jumps into one of my other points, which is skilled labor. Because so many people are working, it is becoming harder and harder for people of skilled trades to recruit people into their, their industry, into their field. And we've seen pretty severe wage increases. I would say that the wage increases are higher on new construction than they are on some of the other segments of the market. And we've seen easily you know, up to 5% uh, pay increases to uh, decent workers in the trades um, over the last year just because they've got to they've increase their rates higher to keep people and uh, potentially attract new people. So, you know, that low unemployment, although that's good for people out there buying, it's also very challenging for those in the industry who are trying to recruit people. So we have those kind of dynamics going on. Next, we have the affordability concern, like I mentioned. A typical new construction home in my market here in Wisconsin, without the lot, you're looking at over $400,000 to buy a home brand new uh, without your land. You add the lot in, you know, you're almost looking at five hundred thousand plus for a uh, a package, which is which is pretty expensive. And there's a lot of reasons why we've got you know challenges with zoning. Uh, we've got a lot of municipalities that are are not being flexible, malleable enough to allow for smaller housing. We are totally missing that middle section of the housing market, you know, like the townhomes and things like that. It's pretty much either traditional new construction or some condos or else if they want something affordable, the municipalities are pushing for apartments. And we're not seeing that middle section of housing as much as we need. And a lot of that stuff is where I think we would get lower housing, you know, the the uh, walkable little communities, the mixed use projects, and, uh, you know, the, the townhome type developments. 
So that is a huge challenge that we see in our market. So as far as existing homes, in 2020, existing homes are expected to grow roughly about 3.5% in sales in 2020. And that's reported by the National Association of Realtors. And they're projecting about a 5% growth overall in home sales for the year. And I think overall that makes sense. Again, you know, we are going to be dealing with an election year, but at the same time, we've got really low interest rates. We have a lot of people entering the market. We've got a lot of people working. Those are all good signs for people to buy homes. So the uh, the fundamentals of the market right now are pretty solid. So I think we're going to see an increase, especially in existing homes. And then the other thing that we're going to see is because, again, the low supply, we're going to still see upward pressure on pricing on existing homes. So if you bought a home even two, three years ago, you're going to see that value go up pretty pretty high. And uh, if you've been in a home for a while, this may be a good year for you to sell because you're going to capture some pretty good gains. You're going to have some equity that you can turn into a different home, whether it's new or another existing home in the market. Now, housing starts for new construction. We're going to be looking at um, 2019. I think they're around 918,000 nationally, which is a little bit higher than projected. That is because the southern markets, your Florida's, your Texas, your Arizona, they really took off. Um, they have you know year-round building for the most part. And, um, you know, they, they've had some pretty good growth. You've got more national builders there putting more product out on the market. In, in our region, it's more dominated by smaller companies. And again, the price pressure, the lot costs, the lot availability, that's really hampered housing starts and the, the, the labor shortages. So uh, 2020, I think we're going to still see uh, some additional growth in housing starts. I don't know that they're going to top a million starts nationally, again, because of a lot of these other factors that I mentioned, your labor, your land, and your pricing. Um, but it was nice to see that growth. And again, being an election year, I, I think it's very possible we'll exceed 2019's numbers, uh, but I don't think we'll surpass the million home starts. If we do, that's fantastic. Everybody will be celebrating, but um, I'm, I'm not seeing that quite happen yet. So uh, that's my thought, and I'm sticking to it. So... Um, some other things that are affecting us is framing lumber. And the one positive for 2019 and in looking into 2020 is that framing lumber remained fairly stable in 2019. 2018 was a different story, of course, because that was a roller coaster. We had huge spikes in, in lumber prices. Uh, we had a lot of things going on between the tariffs, the wildfires in California, and, and different things like that happening. 2019 was a little calmer year, and if you look at the lumber charts, for the most part, some small up and downs as to be expected, but nothing really major. So lumber prices held fairly steady, just a very slight increase um, from throughout the year, and provided there's no major catastrophes in the world, I'm not expecting huge increases in lumber prices. In fact, you know the U.S. is making good headway on the USMCA trade agreement. So that's the um, kind of the NAFTA, the new NAFTA for uh, Mexico and Canada. They are very close on that. And if that can happen, that could actually be a shot in the arm to affordability uh, for some of the materials, especially when you look at lumber. If they can get something favorable on paper and past, that will really help with lumber prices as well. So that could keep those numbers down a little bit and hopefully push for more affordability. Uh, 
So the other thing that obviously we've kind of touched on already with the tariffs that, you know, USMCA is one of them. Uh, but the other big one is the tariff on Chinese products. And there are so many products that come from China that go into a new house. You'd think because a home is built here with our own labor that tariffs wouldn't affect the pricing of homes, but they really do. When you start to look at all the products that are involved from countertops, like quartz countertops, to pre-finished wood floors, to pre-made cabinets, to um, light fixtures, to appliances, um, things like framing nails, um, screws, um, and then you've got all the electronics uh, that people are using, especially the smart home products. All those things uh, run through China. And so they are susceptible to the tariffs. And, you know, at 25%, that's a lot. Now, the good news is uh, Trump is optimistic that a deal will be in place. He said that they have a general agreement uh, as of this time in principle, but it needs to be translated. So uh, we don't know how long that'll take and if that will be the final deal or if it's going to go back and forth. But it's it's good news that there is something happening on it. There's some positive news. And if that were to strike sometime during the year and an agreement was made, that can definitely soften uh, the blow on affordability. But don't expect huge decreases if, if a trade agreement is put in place because you know a lot of suppliers, a lot of builders, uh, industry folks, they absorbed part of those tariffs just to keep things going because last year was kind of a kind of a softer year than expected. So I think you'll see maybe some incentives, but I don't think you're going to see huge, huge discounts if a trade agreement is passed. Uh, because uh, a lot of people are already kind of gotten those discounts and suppliers, builders uh, have absorbed some of those costs. Labor, as we mentioned earlier, is still a big concern. And almost all areas of new construction have seen those wage increases 3 to 5% easily. Um, areas of higher demand could have seen even larger numbers, 7% even. So labor is still an issue. If you've got kids that are getting close to graduating high school and they're looking for a job that's well-paying to get into, if they're not quite cut out for college, the trades are a fantastic opportunity right now. Lots of opportunity to make good money right away and uh, learn some skills and uh, uh, you know have no debt. So labor, skilled labor is a huge factor. We're going to continue to push hard to get more and more people into the industry. The other big factor out there that's going to affect the 2020 housing market is mortgage interest rates. So as the time of this podcast, the 30-year fixed mortgage is around 3.85%. And that's down almost a whole percent from 2018. So if you listen to the last podcast, you know, they were bullish on the market. They were worried about inflation. So they started to increase the interest rates early in the year that had a pretty dramatic effect. It uh, took the market down more than what uh, everyone wanted. So we started to see interest rates soften throughout the year. I believe interest rates will remain fairly stable this year because it is election year. Usually the incumbents want to keep rates down, keep the economy moving along for re-election purposes. So I think we are going to see you know, pretty soft interest rates throughout the year. Um, and uh, I don't think they're going to hover you know, they might, it's potential that they could go up to four. I don't think they're going to go much beyond that. Um, if things were to slow down again, you could see a very small adjustment, but uh, we're going to hover kind of around these numbers, I think, for most of the year. So it is a great time to buy.
because rates are so low. I mean, this will not last forever. Uh, most likely after the election, no matter who gets in, I think rates will start to go up a little bit. So take advantage now. Great time to buy something and lock into those low rates. And then, of course, tax considerations is another thing that people need to look at. You know, you can still um, deduct, although the, the tax code changed, you can still do, you know, deduct your, your interest. However, you have some different factors going on now because a lot of people are using the double standard deduction and that changes how they would file, but you are still able to uh, deduct up to $750,000 um, of mortgage interest um, on your income taxes. So um, that still makes housing viable and a good option for people. And of course, the lower corporate tax rates mean there is more money to be had by not only the owners of those companies, but also the people that work for those companies. And uh, lower taxes means more money into people's pockets, which hopefully translates into more people buying products. So I think you know people that are going to have those paychecks come in and do their taxes and have those refunds, people should have a little bit more disposable income than they did in the past. And I think a good portion of those people will use that disposable income to remodel or maybe purchase a new home in 2020 along with those low interest rates. Again, the opportunity is there and it's available and it is a very attractive time. And I think a lot of people that don't jump in the market are going to have regrets. If they, one, don't have a house or if they were thinking of doing it and decided to wait, they're going to regret that they waited that long. So I think uh, overall for 2020, it's going to be a great time if you want to sell and trade up. Expect to sell your home fairly quickly. Days in the market are low, uh, but be prepared to pay a little bit more for your new home as well. So you're going to get those gains out of your house, but you are going to also pay more for that new home, whether it's a new build or an existing home. If you're a first-time home buyer, you better buckle up. Be ready to jump in. Be ready to write an offer right away when you find one that you like. You're not going to have a lot of time to decide. Make sure you get pre-approved. Make sure that you uh, find something you like right above asking price. Don't play games. And uh, make sure you come to that table with a very clean offer because it is going to be competitive out there on the uh, existing homes. On new builds, you are going to pay a little bit more. Uh, however, you're going to get a very energy efficient home. You're going to be able to get something that's very durable that you're not going to have to mess around with. And you have to look at that when you look at pricing because you can't just consider what the house is going to cost You know, now. You need to look at 10 years from now. And 10 years from now, you're not going to be doing a lot of work yet with a brand new home. We're on an existing home. Let's say it's 15 years old. Now you've got, in 10 years from now, you've got a 25-year-old home. It's going to need a new roof. Potentially, you might have new siding, new painting, all those kind of things. And sometimes that cost of ownership is a lot higher. So even though that new home might cost you a little bit more money, the cost to own it may be quite a bit less and it is worth it in the long run. Um, also for the market in 2020, we still have that, uh, kind of dichotomy of the two different segments of the population that are really defining the housing market and the millennials make up, um, one of the largest segments of the home buyers in 2020, and there'll be, uh, somewhere around that 45% range of the market and, uh, baby boomers are also going to be a big factor in the market, probably 17, 18% of the market. And then you also have the Gen Xers in there as well. But the boomers are going to continue 
to um, sell off or go into smaller properties. The millennials are looking to jump into the market and get their first home. And there are a lot of them and a lot of them need homes. So you're going to see even more of that going into the future. The other thing that will happen in 2020 is the average size of new homes will continue to decline. Uh, but again, a lot of regulation out there locally. Um, a lot of municipalities are very slow to change and they don't want to allow some of these new housing types and the smaller housing. And you get the nimbyism of the people not wanting things changed in their you know, nearby area. They don't want smaller homes going in. So we're seeing some resistance to those smaller homes, even though that's really where the market needs to go. Um, there's a lot of resistance in the market to getting that product out there. So I think we will see some smaller homes uh, on the market and the average size continue to drop, but don't expect huge drops. I think we're going to see very small uh, shifts in that over time as the market adapts and we see more of that. Now, you may see more of that in some of those higher volume markets where you can see more of the smaller homes. Um, in these more regional rural markets, it's really not happening like it needs to. And uh, a lot of them just aren't changing as quickly with the times as they need to. So overall, 2020 should be a very solid year for housing. I don't expect it to be a crazy year of massive growth. I think it's going to be moderation. It's going to be a solid year. It's going to be a great year. If you're a seller, sell that property. You're going to make some money. Uh, it's going to be a good year to lock into your interest rates. So overall, housing is a very good investment, a very stable investment. It's growing and the fundamentals are definitely there in the market and uh, it's a good time to do it. So that is my 2020 housing forecast here at the Home Building Hero. I hope you have enjoyed this podcast and you guys are going to want to stay tuned for future episodes because I will be traveling to the International Builder Show and that's coming up very soon and that is over a million square feet of new product and innovations and different things for new homes. Uh, I have a ton of content from last year if you want to check back on those older episodes to learn some of the things that were coming out. And I am going to be delivering to you guys a ton of new content uh, from that show. And you aren't going to want to miss any of those episodes. So make sure, if you haven't already, to subscribe to the Home Building Hero podcast. Just go to uh, anywhere you listen to the podcast, search for Home Building Hero hit subscribe, and we have you covered here at The Home Building Hero. And if you haven't already and you enjoy this podcast, please, please, please make sure to give us a five-star rating so more people can find this great podcast and make great decisions when they're buying, building, or designing their next project. I'm David Bellman, president of Bellman Homes. Thank you so much for tuning in to The Home Building Hero, and we'll talk to you guys very soon.